Welcome and thanks for joining us for this week's encouraging and faith-building message from C3 Topol. For more information about C3 Topol, visit our website c3churchtopol.org.nz. Now for this week's message. She says that because um, she is a great listener and doer. And every message we hear, amen, every scripture we read can actually be life-changing. The power of the Word and the Kingdom of God is so multifaceted, so multidimensional. It's not limited to our ears and to this atmosphere, but it goes and can percolate and cause changes and impact to happen. And this morning I really felt as I was preparing the message this week, that God wanted to do that for us in this service, to just drop inside of our spirit of truth that um, this year, 2019, we're called to thrive and not survive. And it's not something I'm going to teach today. It's going to be something that um, the Holy Spirit is going to impart into your heart and into your mind. And I found throughout my faith, it's not what I hear, but what happens to what I, what, but what, happens when I hear and it gets inside of my mind and inside of my spirit that causes life-changing things. And the truth that I start to believe believe impacts the decisions I make and the life that I live. And when we understand this truth and we get this in our spirit that we're called to thrive, not survive, it changes who we are. It changes the way we do life, the way we make decisions, the way we raise our children, do business, Whatever it is, if we know and we believe and we live knowing that we're called to thrive, not survive, things change. Amen. Jasmine, I just saw a um, pretty very similar picture to what Summer saw this morning as well. And, but um, just saw this great angel giving you um, gifts that you were to pray into people people's hearts and in people's world. And I saw that through that um, intercessory gift, through that petition that the Holy, the angel is bringing things out of the heavens, things out of the supernatural, things like healing and restoration, peace, like um, oil and things that people need in their life to bring restoration and to bring peace to the chaos so that they can engage with God. And I saw that um, he was pulling these things from heaven and revealing them to you in your intercessory time. And then they were being released into people's hearts and into people's minds. And I, I don't say that to in any way, shape or form trump what Summer has said, but to actually agree in unity with the word that she's brought over your life this morning. And um, I believe it. I agree with it. And, and I've prayed alongside of her that in 2019, this will be your testimony. Amen. Amen. And that you will see the fruits of um, your quiet time locked in a cupboard. Yeah. Leah, I had a word for you this morning. Um, you're such a beautiful, strong, vivacious, tenacious, fiery little woman. And um, I was reminded first, actually, of the word um, summer brought over your life, how that God has chosen you to to bring you into this church because there's a global anointing, a global um, mandate on this house that um, also similarly a, a mandate rests on your life to be global. And I felt like him, him remind you this morning that um, you're called to break stereotypes, to break the norm. And it's not something that you will strive to do. It's just something that is, it's who you are. And God has caused you and designed you and um, 
when he carefully wove you together inside of Mikhail's womb, he put inside of you all these parts of you that break out of boxes. And But what you're experiencing as you grow into the woman that God has called you and designed and fashioned you to be is, um, that's not an easy path to walk or an easy life to live. And as we look in the Word and we look back at our patriarchs and the people who have walked before us, both in the Word of God and through the testimony of time, we see that great change is brought through pain, chaos. Yeah. And um, I know that at this moment of your life, you're experiencing the tension of who you are in the world that you're called to live in. And God just wants you to know that He sees that. He sees um, what you're walking through, but He wants you to know that it's not, there's nothing wrong with you. It's just who you are and the way He has designed and created you to be. Song of Solomon says to guard your heart for out of it flow the issues of life. And I feel this year one thing God's going to give you is the gift of wisdom to know who to share your heart with so that you can guard your heart. And His commission to you is to learn how to guard your heart, how to guard your words and what to say and what not to say so that those issues um, that circle around your life and circle around your mind will dissipate with time as you have that wisdom come in. And I also felt him give me Psalm 144 for you, and I would love it if you go home and read this. And I think this, um, Mikhail, I'm sure, is here in the room somewhere. Yes, um, I really feel like this is um, a scripture for Leah for the rest of your life, one that during different seasons of your life, God is going to speak to you about. But the first, the start of it says, Praise be to the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. He is my loving God and my fortress, my stronghold and my deliverer, my shield in whom I take refuge. And I feel like the whole, I've read the whole psalm and I feel like the whole thing is for you, but specifically verse one and verse two is very real for you right now as you are built to create a revolution, you are built to defy the stereotype. And in, in one sense, you've been trained to, to bring war to this earth on the enemy and to tell him where he belongs and to take ground back for Christ. And that ground is the lives of people. And you have been, your hands have been trade for war and your spirit for battle, your fingers for battle. But God wants you to know that he is your fortress, your stronghold and your deliverer. And he's the only one who's got to watch over you and protect you like nobody else. And he's the one to trust with your heart and to, to listen to his voice alone to show you who you are, who you're meant to become. And so I really encourage you, verse 1 and verse 2 this year, write it, like um, write it on the tablet of your heart and hold this verse. And in different times of your life and in different seasons, God's going to speak to you out of Psalm 144. Amen. A great woman. Thanks, church. Thanks, team. Holy Spirit, He's so good, isn't He? This deliverer of messages. He knows where we're at. He knows what we're facing. He knows what we're doing. Here's all the children going to the toilet. Look at them all. <laughs> you know, kids, are, um, they never need to go toilet until they get into little ones and into shooting stars. Or um, if you're a teacher here like Jeff Dyke, I'm sure it's around test time or all of those times. All of a sudden, you feel like this urgency. I feel like it when just before I'm about to preach, I feel busting and I'm like... I don't, I'm actually don't need to go to the toilet at all. 
Um, the Holy Spirit is so good, isn't he? This deliverer of messages, um, releasing to us um, who we are, what we're facing, how he wants to walk through, our, walk through those times with us and the seasons of life. He's leading us and guiding us. And I find he's a great revealer of the truth of our own hearts when we're facing different situations or um, we're in pain or uh, memories of the past come up or situations um, land in our lap where we didn't see coming, he shows us the truth of our hearts so we can walk through those times well. He shows us why we feel pain or why we feel fear or why we feel this and that so that we can understand who we are and walk courageously into what God has called us to do. Amen. And He is here. He is always here. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. He is in this house today as we meet together. He's in your car when you leave. He's in your lounge room, your living room. He's often in the shower when you're just still and quiet. And um, he's just wanting to teach us and to lead us and to drop messages into our heart. And at the beginning of 2019, as we stand on the... um, the beginning of a new season, a beginning of a new year. He has things to tell you about this year to come. He has things to whisper to you, to encourage you, to warn you, to explain to you, all of those different things he has so that as you walk into this year, you're walking with him, leading you and guiding you. And he does that all the time, but there's something that humanity loves about the beginning of a new year. There's something just about us um, rolling over the clock of 2018 and coming into 2019 that presses this like reset button and we're on holiday and we've, you know, life's all a little bit different right now. And this is a great time to just draw aside and let him speak to you. I just want to implore you to do that, to encourage you to do that, not to just roll into this year and then be like, oh, Hang on a minute, Holy Spirit, you better help me. Start this year with, Holy Spirit, help me, show me. What are you doing? What are you going to do? What do you want to do with my life this year? He is the author and the perfecter of our life, the writer of our destiny, and it's our job to uncover that and to discover that, not to pull a pen out of his hands and begin to write the own chapters of our life, but rather to willingly submit the pen of our life, the story of our destiny to him and say, no, your will, your destiny, your purpose for my life, amen? It takes a fierce and courageous person to do that, I found. I found that the more civilized society you go to, the stronger the urges to take control. And we love that. And, and in one aspect, there's nothing entirely wrong with continuing to work hard and do what you know to do and put one foot in front of the other, but only when it's accompanied first and foremost by God's will and his plan and his purpose for our life and accompanied by the abandon to do what he has called you to do. Not to live in fear of what might he say, but to live in confidence of what is he saying. Amen. And my desire is that while, you know, time is like sand in our fingers, like a fleeting breath the Word of God talks about, but we're in it, and so it feels like a long time, but 
it's not a long time and I want us to use what we have and the time we have here to impact this world with love and hope and peace and joy. I believe it's our responsibility to be the social architects of society. We are the ones that have the creative solutions to bring change and transformation in our cities. It's not up to God to do that. It's not up to him to come down and with a big display of might and a big display of power to change this and shift that. That responsibility falls on the shoulders of sons and daughters to rise up and to be the change and to bring the creative solutions and strategies to this earth. Amen. It's our it's not our burden to bear because it's not a burden, but it is our responsibility to grow into. And some of you would have heard that phrase, we are the hands and we are the feet of God. Well, it's true. We are the agents of Christ on this earth. We are the, um, it's our mandate. The word of God talks about, Paul so eloquently says that we're citizens of heaven and aliens on earth, which means that we don't live bound by this society and this world's rules and limitations, but rather we live as citizens of heaven sons and daughters of the Most High God, and we live amongst this earth doing His work. That is first and foremost our primary calling. And as your pastor, it's my job to remind you, live for Christ and for Him alone. Seek His destiny, His plan and His purpose for your life. And the reason I can deliver that message to you is I know with great testimony and full confidence that that is how you will best enjoy life. And it's not an abandoning of what you're doing, but a bringing of what you're doing under God and saying, use me, flow through me, reveal your destiny and your plans and your purposes for my life. And let's walk hand in hand. Amen. We're called to thrive, not survive. And I, as I was preparing this message, I, I felt like on Monday, God just dropped that into my spirit, that we're called to thrive, not survive. And so I've just been trying to get a bit of a message together around that, and I just felt like nothing would stick to that. And I'm like, well, what is this, God? Is this like a title? And I'm not really a title person. So I was just, when I prepare messages, I just try and read the Word of God and spend time with Him and allow Him to formulate something inside of me. Now, I get the privilege of doing that because I don't preach much, um, so I don't have to set time aside every week to be writing great sermons. I get the privilege, because Mark carries um, the teaching mantle of this house, to just ask Holy Spirit, Come on, speak to me about something that you're doing or moving or showing or so that I can um, expand on that to your sons and your daughters. And so I felt like that thrive, not survive is what was dropped to me. But I couldn't get anything around it, what I was reading or whatever. To I'm like, ah, this is so annoying, Jesus. What are you doing? And um, so I said to Mark on Friday, look, I, I just need to try and spend some time with God to see what's going on here and, and thrash this out with him. A great conversation. And it's found him really say that it's something that he's doing while we're sitting here this morning, um, is that he's changing 
um, our mindset and our heart to be geared towards thriving this year, not surviving. And I am going to speak to you this morning, but I'm, it's not my message that I'm relying on to get this truth inside of you. I just feel like it's resting in the atmosphere and you turning up this morning is just putting a shift inside of you that this year you're not called to survive, you're called to thrive. Amen. 2019 is a year to wake up. Awaken to your destiny. It's time to wake up, sleepy head. Time to rise out of the ashes of the past. And when I'm talking about that awakening, that wake up, it's not like you've been lazy and you've been sleeping. It's just that sometimes things lay dormant until the Holy Spirit wakes them up. And I just feel like for many of us this year that we're going to have moments where the Holy Spirit is going to come and wake things up that have been dormant inside of our life. Because I'm a real strong believer from the Word of God that God doesn't make things up as He goes. That's what we do, because we can't see out in front. So we make it up sort of as we go. When a problem arises, we sit down and create a strategy. It's a series of decisions that we're making all the time based on um, facts about our life, about how much you know, finance we have, how much time we have, how much resource, all of those things. But it's not like that with God. He has our life... From the moment we were conceived, weave together in a destiny, an intention, a person. And everything about who we are, how we do life, about our personality, about all of those things, about our, you know, um, you hear what I'm saying this morning, eh, about, because we're all unique, remember, we're, there's no clone, there's no same, same, it's all same, different. Uh, we all have... Anyway, you know what I'm saying. I'm not doing a really good job explaining that. I'm not going to labor on it. But all of that inside of who we are has been put there to bring the destiny into fruition, to bring the intentions of God for our life into fruition, that who we are would serve who God has created us to be. And who God has created us to be is central inside of you. It's not hard to find. It's not... Um, a mysterious puzzle that we're trying to bring the pieces together. It's about letting him lead us and letting us, him guide us and letting him speak to us and reveal what's in there. He's not making it up as you go. Sometimes we think, well, I walked off, you know, I haven't been saved all my life or I've um, walked off the path of Christianity and come back on it and maybe that means that I can no longer fulfill the destiny of God for my life because I've done this and I've done that and it's not, it's all a setup. That's the beauty and that's the mystery of God is that he takes our life in every decision we make and he chooses that and he uses that to be the setup we need to fulfill the intentional destiny and the plan and the purpose for our life. I don't believe in plan A and plan B. And if you're not good enough to fulfill plan A, you get given plan B. I believe there's plan A. It's all there is, man. And God is just weaving our lives together to, to go towards plan A. And the power of the cross, the power of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit is that he can use anything the enemy or the world throws our way to still get us to achieve what Christ has called us to achieve. Amen. It's the beauty and it's our privilege and it's our honor to live like that. 
How lucky and blessed, not lucky, how blessed are we that we are not the makers of our own destiny? How blessed are we that we've partnered with the great master craftsman? We've been introduced afresh to the reason we exist and we've been made and we breathe so that we can fulfill this great destiny. And in destiny, we find great identity. How do we really get whole and full of happiness and joy and peace and all of those good things? How do we get that? We just reconnect to what God has made us to do. We reconnect to that destiny and that plan and the purpose for our life. And in that place, we find true contentment. And it's no longer based in what's around us or the decisions we make. It's based on what we know God has called us to and who God has called us to be, amen? And so my desire is that we're walking towards that as much as we can and that no matter the circumstances that life faces or the situations we find ourselves in, the victories and the valleys, we hold steadfast to what God has called us to do, amen? We renew our mind in Him. It says in Isaiah 60 verse 1, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises on you. And we've just been speaking about how Christ, Jesus, is the light inside of us. It's kind of been our message over the Christmas period. Let shine brilliantly. Let the Christ inside of you, the light. And Isaiah talks about how the whole world was in darkness until the light appeared. The light of all humanity, which was Christ, who now lives inside of us, lighting our way, illuminating our spirits and our souls and our minds. Isn't that a beautiful concept? He illuminates our mind. We don't just think based on this world or the way we've been brought up. We're illuminated with the kingdom that we can have strategies from heaven come into our mind, creative solutions. That's how we become the social architects of the world is that Christ illuminates our mind. So wonderful. And as he does that, it just shines his glory. You know they all, that old saying, um, I can't remember it, but I can remember what it means. That's so classic me. Um, but you don't, you know, you've got to show people Christ, not tell people about Christ. The message, our actions are far more louder than our words, you know. And when we're busy pursuing God and pursuing His destiny, His glory is manifest from our life because the miraculous flows from our life because what He calls us to do, we can never do by the work of our own hands. It requires miracles. And so it's this beautiful concept of shining our light and that the glory of God is revealed on the face of the earth, amen? And if we all rise up and take our place in this city of Topol, we will easily see this city won. For our lives will demonstrate the glory of God and miracles will flow for us as we pursue his destiny and his plan and his purpose for us. Isn't that awesome? That we would not just sit down and tell someone the gospel, but we would share the testimony of the gospel at work in our life. How the miraculous power of God has moved through our life and it shows his glory and people know it's authentic and true. Not that we're sitting down and just telling a story that was written in the pages of the Bible, but we're telling them the living story of salvation in our, in our life. Amen? 
And my dream and my desire is that you have that functioning and flowing in your life. Ephesians 5, verse 14 to 15 says, This is why it is said, Wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Amen? This is our great commission, our great to find and understand our intention and our destiny. Romans 14, 11, and do this, understanding the present time. The hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber and salvation wakes us up. It wakes us up from the darkness, from, um, from us being completely immersed and not awake. I see this in, in, around my life. I see this in my family's life that's not saved. They're just asleep. It's like they're not alive. Parts of them are so dormant in the darkness because the Spirit of God hasn't got on there and woken them up. But if you're here today and you know Christ or you're about to know Christ at the end of the service, you, we're awake. We're about to be woken up to this destiny. It's this beautiful picture Christ gives us. And 2019 is a time for us to thrive, not survive, to wake up and to un continue to uncover and discover the call of God on our life. Amen. I believe when um, I was praying this on Friday and asking God, what does this mean to thrive and not survive? That he very clearly said to me that there's people um, in our house that are in debt and God wants to deliver you out of debt, to live in a debt-free life. That, um, that that part of surviving debt would be gone and the freedom of thriving financially would come into your world. Money is all about stewardship. It's all about a currency that God gives you to steward why? To make your dreams and your destiny come to reality. We need resource to do what God has called us to do. And he calls us to steward that resource to make dreams and destinies come alive. And it's just, it's just a concept in our mind that we need to get. Money is an enabler, not a master. Amen? We are to be the master of our money and not let our money master us. And, and how do you get out of debt? It's a miracle, a supernatural miracle. But one thing I know, the first thing I know and the first thing I've witnessed and experienced with people close to me as they've walked out of debt is a mind change about money. That's the way God works. He changes our mind and we no longer live under that oppression. We no longer live under that enslaving. We become the master and we become the steward of what God has given us, amen? And I believe that there's people here, if you want to this year, it's an invitation, pick up the word of God to you that he's going to bring you out of debt. I believe he's going to be faithful to his word. And at the, at the beginning of 2020, that your testimony is, is that God is going to be taking you from debt and delivering you into freedom, amen? So um, thriving, not surviving. In, Je in Genesis 28, which I spoke about last week, we looked at Jacob and this dream that he had where God prophesied to him he would um, be the father of all nations, he'd be prosperous, and his descendants would be like the dust of the earth. And he said to God, I'll, I'll do that 
if you will protect me, if you'll feed me, if you'll clothe me, and if you'll bring me back to my father's house. And I talked about how this is like basic level faith is God will take care of our survival. He will look after you. He will protect you. He will feed you and he will clothe you and he will bring you back to his house. Amen. That is eternity with him. And we're laying up treasures in heaven, all of those things to come back into our father's house. So it's the basic level Christianity, foundational Christianity when it comes to your destiny and to pursuing the call of God is understanding and experiencing that God will look after you and protect you and that he will provide for you. He'll look after you and he'll protect you. That means you don't have to live with nightmares about your family being harmed, about people stealing your stuff, about being ripped off, about ending up bankrupt with nothing. He will protect you. I know that there are still people in one of your greatest fears is that your children is going to be harmed. Your children will be harmed. God will protect you. You've got to trust him that he'll lead you and guide you. He will look after you. He will provide for you. He will look after your basic needs. We all need to be clothed. We all need to be fed. <laughs> it's the way he's created us to be. And this is a foundational teaching we need to engage and experience and gather a testimony for so that we're not caught in surviving, we're moving forward into thriving, amen? One way to know you're in survival mode is it's, it's, weekly month, it's weekly and it's monthly what you're asking God for. And just let him change that into yearly and into bi-yearly. Now, I've walked through this and only recently come out of this. I, this is a fresh testimony for me, not a new testimony that I dealt with five years ago. But Mark and I have only just come out of the seat, not, you know, yeah, only just come out of the season of surviving, of being able to look weekly and monthly at our needs and being able to meet those needs. And we've probably been in that for five to seven years, just wrestling with that. God, what is that about? What is that about? How do we get out of um, provision into the promised land? And you've got to keep going. You've got to keep faithful. And you've got to keep trusting. Because God is using all of that time to set you up. It's not failure when we're surviving. It's not a failure. It's a foundational teaching. He's putting deep inside of us. Amen? It's a truth that we have to know. And, and God tests us on it. How are we going with it? When all of a sudden something will come up and we don't have the money for it, what are we falling back on? Trust, faith. And we've, been, we've shared a little bit of our journey over the last couple of years in different parts of um, the year of different things that have hit us and we've had to push into faith and trust. Amen? So survival, I'm here to say this morning, is not... Um, you're not useless if you're still in the zone. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying it's foundational and God wants to bring it into your life so that you can learn to thrive. We see it in the three stages of the Israelites when they went through poverty, provision, and then into the promised land. They lived in extreme poverty in Egypt. They had no choices. They were 
um, oppressed, they had nothing, and they, you know, they cried out to God, where are you, where are you? And he was just sustaining them daily, moment, minute by minute, it would have felt like. And then he brings them into the wilderness, and we see that he provides for them. So they come out of that oppressive environment, and they have nothing, and he brings them into the desert, which has nothing. (laughs) And so they have to rely on God to be fed and to be clothed, and they have to rely on him where to go. And so we see that he provides manna from heaven, their clothes never wear out, and they're led by a pillar of fire and by night and a pillar of smoke or clouds by day. He was always with them. Do you see what I'm saying? Never leave them nor forsake them. He will always feed them. He'll always clothe them. He's taken them to the promised land. And he kept the pressure on until he finally got a generation up and over into the promised land. And the promised land is not an easy life. It's not like, oh, all of a sudden I'm free from all the issues that I faced in poverty and in survival and in provision. No, it's just that all of a sudden you understand how to steward and live in the promises of God, amen. And I'm telling you this morning, it's where he's taken all of us. And it's not a destination that we arrive at and then sit back and relax. We see the Israelites get into provision and start to think, oh, this is pretty good. And it is. Living in provision is not bad. Living week by week, knowing God will supply, is quite a miracle. And it's awesome. It's comfortable. You know, they always joke about how we would never cope if um, we had to wear the same clothes all the time, though. If you had to run home today and choose one outfit to never die, you know, I'd be like, oh boy, that would be a... I'll probably choose what I'm wearing today. It's a bit colourful and a bit fun, right? Um, You know, there's no creativity. There's no life. There's no... It's just same, same. It's just... But provision can get comfortable like that. And God wants to push us into that promised land that's, yes, flowing with milk and honey, but still has many giants to slay. Amen? One of the things that all of these different parts, these going from poverty to provision to the promised land, going from survival to thriving needs is faith. Belief that God has got you, that he is the author and the perfecter of your life, that he has created you with intention and reason and destiny. And I find these great teachings have to be anchored. Not that this is a great teaching, but this is a teaching that has been around for a long time. How does it get anchored into our life? How does it take traction in our day-to-day? The fact that God doesn't want us to just survive but to thrive. We've got to be connected with his destiny, his plan and his purpose for our life. We've got to be connected with a bigger reason for being on the face of the earth and getting up every day and going to work. If we're just providing for ourselves, we're really missing the point, aren't we? Because he's already said, I will provide for you. So why are we busy doing the work of our father when he's saying, no, I'll do that. You get busy doing the work I can't do. He is not going to turn up and sweep across a nation and fix all the problems. He's always going to want to use me and you. It's a relentless theme 
throughout all of history. People crave revival. Mark and I were talking as we were walking home from the beach the other day about revival. And I want to see revival because it revives people's hearts, but it's not the answer. Sometimes we think, if, if only the power of God turned up, well, where are the sons and the daughters who will steward the work of the Lord? Where are the sons and the daughters who will be the social architects if we see change, creating systems and structures for families to be, have restoration? Do you, do you hear what I'm saying? It's always us. It's always us. It's always us. It's always us rising to our destiny. It's always us pursuing and uncovering the call of God on our life. We are the plan. And once we really um, completely abandon to that, that's how things get traction in our life. That's how we get out of staying where the Israelites were in the wilderness and provision and get into the promised land. And I want that for us. I want us to, to leave our mark on this world. I want us to live authentically to who God has called us to be. To live the destiny that's not cliche and all packaged up one size fits all. I want us to live the destiny God has called us all to do. I want us to rise and to wake up in our city, our great city of Topor. I want us to be the social reformers, the social architects, the, the teachers, the bankers, the ministers, the children, the young adults. I want it to be us. And it just gets anchored into understanding who we are, amen? And not surviving, but thriving. There are hundreds of promises in the Word of God from the beginning of Genesis to the end of Revelation. And no promise has been disempowered by Christ's death. Only curses have been disempowered by Christ's death. No longer are we under the law, but we are still under the promises of God. Amen? The promises from the beginning of Genesis right through the Word are still yes and amen for us today. And part of unlocking that key of Finding out what your destiny is, is believing God has called you to thrive, not survive. And this morning, I, I'm hoping that as you've sat in here, that's dropped inside of your spirit. You're called to thrive, not to survive, to live in the promised land, not just to live in provision. I'm believing this morning that if you're sitting here and you're in provision, that God is dropping seeds of hope to keep going to keep faithful as He's providing you, knowing that He's leading you into the promised land. Believing that this morning is um, the limitations that you see on your dreams and your destiny are going to pale in comparison to His promises. Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Have a blessed week.